The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cleaning Nation, Mike Camping here with Alicia and David Simula. These guy, well, this guy and this gal, um, either married or brothers, we'll let you guys, or brother and sister, we'll let you just decide which, um, are part of our elite program. And one of the people that we take that's a little newer, which is unusual for us. So um, generally just want to kind of hear your story of where you came from, where you're at, what you learned. But before that, why don't you guys just do a quick intro of who you are and why we should care? <laughs> Yeah, so we're Dave and Alicia. We're from Orange County, California. We are married. We are married, not brothers. End of the suspense. We're gonna have like some sort of kiss at the end. Like, whoa! Either they're married or something <laughs> got weird. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, clear the air on that one. Um, but yeah, we started our cleaning business back in January, and we do both have um, a background in business and have worked for companies. I've started a couple companies on my own before, so we had a little bit of experience jumping into this, but we've learned a lot in the last six, seven, eight months about the cleaning industry. And it's been exciting. Yeah. So tell us, that's kind of interesting. I love origin stories. What are your business backgrounds and what drew you to cleaning as opposed to all the other opportunities out there? Yeah. So my background is in marketing. So I worked at a marketing agency before I jumped into this industry. I was an account manager. And then I've also, you know, kind of completely unrelated, but I've also been in the medical industry. So I started out working as a operations manager at a pharmacy. And then I owned my own durable medical equipment company and ran that for a couple of years and then got into marketing, worked for a few different companies. And I'm here now. When you first said the uh, medical supply company, I thought you said gerbil like the animal medical supply company I'm like i didn't even know that was a thing that's weird and i'm like my smart brain kicked and said she probably meant durable i'm like all right that makes a yeah. little more sense than although yeah. i would love to see medical equipment for gerbils maybe that makes me crazy i don't care if uh, that makes me crazy i don't want to be sane. so you were in a marketing company was that for like large companies i'd love to know just that we'll get into like the real stuff but you know a lot of people are like you know come with, I had a business degree, I had a marketing degree and it helped, it was nothing, it did nothing to help me actually own a business or market. So how, if at all, did your marketing background help you in a small business? Well, A, were you marketing for other small businesses, in which case I would imagine helped quite a bit, or are you marketing for larger businesses, in which case there could almost be no trans uh, translation, dying to hear the story. Yeah. So I've, I've worked with a pretty, um, a pretty diverse group of of companies. So I was doing marketing for music artists, um, which was really fun and really interesting, but very, very different. The, you know, the tactics and the strategy for a musician are so different than like a typical consumer product good company. So that was, um, that was a really interesting experience. Really fun. I got to work with record labels and tour promoters and you know, all that good stuff. So that was really fun. And then I've also worked with smaller startups that were product-based um, in the health food industry. So that was kind of my transition into marketing. I'd, um, you know, worked at pharmacy. So I was really familiar with the healthcare industry. And then I started working in the, um, you know, health food space, but we were primarily selling on Amazon and, you know, had a Shopify site. 
So that was really fun. I got into that. Um, you know, I was working with that company from the ground floor until they were doing like 100, 150 grand a month in sales. So got to really see how a company grows from nothing to like a pretty robust uh, monthly sales. And yeah, and a little in between, I've worked with um, like a book publishing company that was just getting off the ground. So a pretty wide range of of startups and, you know, music artists and whatnot. Beautiful. And how did that, it, what translation did that have from the, uh, you know, the, for your business of it all? Yeah. So we live in Orange County, California. This is not a inexpensive place to live. So we have two kids and we kind of got a point to our life where, you know, we realized we have all these dreams, all these aspirations. We want to own our own home. We want to buy um, investment properties. And with our nine to five salaries, even if, you know, we live on a shoestring budget, save, save, save and whatnot, you know, that wasn't really going to be a reality for us. So we knew that if we wanted to, to live our dream lives and to create the kind of um, you know, create our d- ideal lives. We needed to start a company that was going to generate ge- generate more revenue, um, more profit for us to be able to do these things that we wanted to do. So that was back in January, where you know we we both had really great salaries, and then the light bulb just turned off. Like this isn't going to be enough to do what we want to do with our lives. So I just took a deep dive into okay, what kind of business can I start that's not going to require a lot of capital? Um, that's really low risk um, and that I can get off the ground super quickly. So that really took me into to researching all, all different types of companies, you know, what has the best profit margins, like I said, low barrier to entry um, in a in a market that was really going to work in Orange County. So I kind of stumbled across commercial cleaning and that's when I started listening to your podcast. Um, and then together we decided yeah let's take the leap let's go ahead and do it get started beautiful so what was your kind of biggest this will be fun for especially for because half the problem when you're just starting is you don't know what you don't know so what did you and totally okay if you're like nothing changed but what did you think because was your biggest problem or fear or where did you think you were stuck before we started working together and then since we started working together has that clarified at all or you're like nope that was exactly the same thing and if so how are you moving forward Hundred percent. I think the biggest difference. And by the way, David, you are allowed to talk. He's like he's sitting uh, over there, handsome as all get out. Just uh, I'm good. Like, I'll any questions you got for me? <laughs> There's two of us here. Yeah, but she's this is definitely her bread and butter. Yeah. All right, we'll do it as you were, Alicia. Keep okay. going, baby. Yeah. Um. So pre mic, post mic. I think one of the biggest um like fears was finding employees and actually delivering a product that we were really proud of. So. You know, when before we went through your program and and learned about the hiring funnel and all these like really specific things that you need to do to make sure we're we're staffed um, staffed well and have a robust team, I was like really struggling to find people to hire, and I just kind of had this mindset: this is going to be hard, and this is hard. So I had found a few people that were like not showing up or not doing a great job, and that was like incredibly stressful. And then after your program, implementing like this very clear step-by-step, this is exactly how you do it. And just really committing to, I'm going to follow this and I'm going to do exactly what you say. We've been able to build like such a great team who are core values match. And I'm never, I'm never worried about, oh, when, where are we going to find employees or how is this going to work out? 
I'm really confident that we are delivering a premium product and we're training our, our employees properly and we're delivering our clients what we're promising. So that has been like, I think the biggest shift in mindset of, oh, how am I going to find people to hire to, oh, we have this dialed. So that brings up two more questions because that's such a good answer. Question set one is, I heard you say you changed both your systems and your beliefs, right? Like you had some fears and what you thought it was going to be was not helpful and you thought it was going to be miserable and surprise, it was miserable. And then you didn't really have great systems. So you're obviously not getting great results. Were those equal? Was one more important than the other? Walk us through which was harder, which was more important, equally important, like how to just compare and contrast changing your beliefs versus changing your tactics. Yeah. So I think it really goes hand in hand because if I were just to not change anything and like change, change the, the way that I believe about something, but not couple that with actions that I'm taking, I don't know if it would have been as effective. And you giving us those tactics of this is exactly what you need to do and coupling that with the belief, it was like super starter. So, and it, and it was just reinforcing your systems are reinforcing this new belief that I can find employees. Um, I just need to have the right system in place. So I, I think it, it really worked hand in hand together. And then for you guys listening or gals, I want to encourage you, it has a lot to do with community as well, right? Because I can scream and yell and say, this is true, or that's true. And maybe believe me, maybe you don't. But when you put yourself in a community of other people, some further ahead, some not as far, some smarter, not as smart, more money, less money, whatever. And that just becomes a standard like, well, everybody has a hiring funnel. Everyone works. No one deals with this. It's hard to be like, well, that won't work for my, well, God bless that they're all right here. So I just want to encourage you guys and gals, if you're in a community of scarcity and this is hard and it's not working, that's the norm. So it, you not only the easiest way to change uh, beliefs is change communities and even tactics, right? You'll start seeing other people. And obviously we have a systematized way of laying that out and helping you implement. But even without that, just seeing other people go, what are you doing? How'd you do that <laughs> is, uh, is a big step forward. Okay. The second thing you said, which I really want to dive into because it's so common is I'm going to say what you said. I'm going to tell you what Cleaning Nation heard. And then I'm going to give you the opportunity to say the reality as you see it. Um, what you said was, man, we were afraid we either wouldn't get people or they would do a bad job. And now I'm really confident they're going to go out and do a premium job. So I promise you haven't done this once or twice before. Cleaning Nation heard, okay, Mike taught them how to do an employee handbook and a very extensive checklist and like check on them and beat them and hold their hands and make sure they do a good job. And like, it's all about the cleaning and their products and their supplies and the rags they use. They just got that all dialed in. And uh, I'm going to take a wild guess. That wasn't what happened <laughs> from your perspective. What made the change of lack of confidence that you could provide what you're offering a premium service that your clients wanted to confidence that you are doing that right now, System systematically, repeatedly, dependably, scalably. Yeah, it's definitely two things. And first would be the core values, really establishing what your core values are and then hiring, not based on, oh, how much cleaning experience do they have, but hiring based on if they're a core values match. And we found that the employees that were the strongest core value match actually actually deliver and enjoy the work more and are always showing up and on time, even if they didn't have prior cleaning experience. Like a great example, we had two employees. One wasn't a great core, core values match, but he had a lot of prior, prior experience. One amazing core values match, but no experience. Which one did better? The core values match. He is the one that was delivering, who's doing a better job, getting better reviews. So that was really important. And then the second thing, um, which was more tactical, was 
not turning off the hiring funnel. Because I think in, in my mind, it was always like, oh, when we get a new contract, then we'll go out, then we'll find employees to fulfill that contract. But then you're always scrambling and you're always a couple steps behind. So just constantly hiring people, even sometimes I'm like, I don't have any hours to give them. And, but I still go through the process and then suddenly, magically, all of a sudden, okay, we do actually need them. And thank God I kept that hiring funnel going because now I have some, someone immediately to put into that role. Real quick, Cleaning Nation, if you can think about how you found out about this podcast, maybe a tweet, a Facebook message, iTunes search, some sort of Instagram post, the only way we grow is word of mouth. We don't do paid ads. We don't run ads. You are it. The only ask I have is if you're getting value, share the love. However you found out about this, if it's a review or post, whatever it is, do that. Pay it forward so the next cleaning company owner can change their life as well. Back to the show. So your cleaning nation, you're always going to have a choice to make. Everyone wants, they picture this perfect world where everything's dialed in. They have the exact number of perfect employees, the exact number of clients, and it just stays still. Well, obviously you don't want to stay still because it means you're not growing, but let's just say that's never going to happen. So you have to pick your poison. There is no, it's all going to be perfect always. Like if that's your goal, you're going to be miserable. Just get a different, pick a different industry. So you can either choose from, I have too many, if I've got my funnels working all the time, both client attraction, employee attraction, I got too many people that want in and I just don't have room for them. I guess that could be considered a problem if you chose to look at it that way. Or I have too many customers and not enough employees. Or I'd like to start getting some customers, but I don't have any employees. Or I'd like to get some employees, but I don't have any customers. So you can either have that, I have too many and I have to say no to somebody that's a problem that I would particularly choose <laughs> or the problem of, I don't have anybody to say no to. There's nobody here. It's just me. I have no customers or employees. It is okay to have a client attraction funnel and quote unquote, have too many people. And I wouldn't say no, I would choose on price. Right. And so we just start pricing and let the customers, you know, vote with their dollars as to who wants to service more. And it is completely okay. It's not illegal. It's not immoral. It's not unethical to run a, add for people that you're constantly going to be hiring, whether you've got X amount of hours today or Y amount, or it's going to be tomorrow. Totally. Okay. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. All right. Um, I, I would say as well with that, what please. we found as well is it allows us now to hire everyone that matches a hundred percent rather than kind of in your mind thinking, Oh, well, we really need them right now. So I guess they're good enough. And we kind of were hiring that way in the past. And then good enough obviously isn't good enough and it doesn't last long enough either. So then we found ourselves having to rehire people. But now that we're in such a constant state of hiring and we're able to hire 100% matches, it's so easy to say no to 10 candidates because I don't, we don't, we don't really need you right now. But if there's one gold person there, then it's like, yeah, let's move forward with you. Let's, let's get you on. And then like Alicia said, it's been so strange that every time it's like someone either, you know, needs to change their hours or needs to move or something happens or we get a new client or we have to grow. And then, and then we have a perfect hundred percent, you know, match employee ready to rock and roll. Shockingly enough, it has a lot to do with your sales, uh, your growth. You would think it's, well, I get it. I need employees to, to, to do, uh, to do the work. They get it at a superficial level, but deeper than that, the energy we bring to sales or not, has a lot to do with if in the back of our mind, it's like, I got to send this guy out and he is adequate on a good day. Or more often, I'm going to have to clean this thing. <laughs> the likelihood we're going to market or sell or do it well is virtually zero, right? So next step up would be like, oh, I've got people and that's good. The best step where it sounds like you guys are is we're like, 
I've got so many talented people just dying for hours. Very easy to sell that because you're like, I know exactly who I'm going to put here and I'm looking for hours anyway, and it's going to be phenomenal. So yeah. it's funny how people don't think they're interrelated, but they're wildly interrelated. Right. And both of you made the point of, well, what are our options? So, you know, they've got the old sitcoms where it's like the millionaire guys or guys set to inherit a million dollars. But the, the the stipulation was he had to get married before he could get it. So, you know, this is last minute. It was the 70s, 80s things. Similars are young. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But old people like me will know you've got to find a wife in a short amount of time. Right. And the fun or the interest of that is, oh, my gosh, how can you do it in such a short amount of time? It's such a long deal. And it's always funny because it's like, obviously, if you had to find a wife today and you had three and a half people to choose from, the likelihood you're going to get a good match is very low. But if you have 300, pretty good. And if you had 3 million, almost 100%, unless you're a psychopath, that's just unmarriable. That's more on you. So if your goal is to get the best mate saying no to 2.99999 million people is an acceptable outcome. If you're like, I just want to be comfortable not to say no to anyone. Well, great. Just find the one lady, marry her up and hopefully roll them dice. (laughs) See how that works out for you. So we do the same thing with cleaners, right? We're like, you know, I need to hire a cleaner. So, you know, I should talk to two or three people. It's like, well, yeah, but the likelihood, you know, just if you just do the math, the likelihood there's going to be a good fit in three people is under 10%. Make it 30 I'd say you got a 60, 70% chance. Make it 300, you have a virtually 100% chance, especially if they're looking for, you know, not random people like babies, but people that have applied that are adult men and women that like generally meet the thing. Um, Okay, we have kind of got on with it. So what, I'll just open it up because you guys are great. What's the biggest, if you just, not if, since you have a microphone to speak to other people in your similar spot that have the fears that you had, that had the concerns, um, all the you know luggage and baggage holding you all back what would you or what will you say and david you're gonna have to go we're gonna let alicia go first but we're looking for two perspectives on this what is your message to cleaning nation who has fears and is stuck give them an encouragement and then if you would give them like a tactical like here's here's the biggest quickest thing we found or we would recommend for you to either get out of cleaning make more money improve their life the floor is yours yeah i think my encouragement would be how important your identity is and how you view yourself. Um, and I know it's something that comes up a lot. In a lot of like the the mastermind group are, we're a little bit different because we didn't start as a cleaner and then become business owners. We really came into it with the mindset of we're business owners, we're running a company, we're not in the company. Um, so really encouraging people like to, to really do the work on your mindset that you are a business owner, you are capable. And there's so many people out there who've gone before you who've been able to do it and kind of lead the way. There's no reason why you can't also be one of those people. And I think sometimes we sell ourselves short, like, oh, that's for this person, that's for that person. But if you have a vision in your heart and your mind of the kind of life you want and the kind of life you want to build, there's no reason why you can't create that around you. So like just encouraging people to, because I used to kind of like roll, roll my eyes at like all the mindset talk and, and things like that. (laughs) But then once you actually like are in a position where you're trying to build something and try to create something, I'm like, wow, this is 99% mindset. And if you're reading the right books, listening to the right podcasts, and you're around the right people, your mindset will shift and you you will find yourself doing things that you never thought would be possible. So really focusing on 
like how how you identify with yourself, what your identity is and really focusing on mindset. And then I think like tactically, and this is why we've signed up with your um, with your program, Mike, is get a mentor like to to help lead you through what to do. And I'd read that so many times, get a mentor, get a mentor, get a mentor. So when we, you know, both made the decision that we're going to we're going to quit our jobs, we're going to, you know, we're not going to take these job offers. We're going to go 100% into into the cleaning business. The first thing we did is get a mentor to someone who's done it and can tell us, okay, this is what you need to do. Let me radicalize that even more um, the way I see it. Really, a mentor is just, you know, if I put words in your mouth, you disagree, Alicia, feel free to disagree out loud. I won't, won't offend me a bit. <laughs> what I see a mentor is just, a, the right mentor, right? There's <laughs> be very careful. A mentor is easy to find. The right mentor is, is a little yeah. different kettle of fish. Is just someone to model the actions and beliefs that will help you be successful. And if they have the success that you want in that area of life, like I'm a good mentor when it comes to business, when it comes to a lot of other things, you probably shouldn't listen to me. Like, you know, look and see if the life I'm living is a life that you want in that area. And if you like it, then maybe model that. And if you don't, then don't. So Yes, a thousand percent get a mentor. I would define a mentor as someone whose actions and beliefs got them the result that you want. And you've got a reasonable, it's reasonable for you to believe if you model those beliefs and actions, you'll have the same thing. So here's the reality. If with that definition of a mentor, you've already got one. The mentor is probably just an unqualified mentor, right? If, and it's probably you, right? I will be my own mentor. The problem is your beliefs and your tactics or actions have gotten you where you're at. So if you're very pleased with where you're at, then you've picked the perfect mentor and continue being that person's mentee and have continue with those beliefs and actions. If it's not getting you where you want to go, to just hope that magically things will change is asinine. Find somebody and do something. And I know it can be scary because it can cost money and you have to trust someone else and you've got to do things differently. By definition, I want a different result, but somehow I don't want to do anything differently. So there is no opting out of a mentor. There's just picking one that's going to be effective for what you want. So your default mentor is probably, again, if you're getting the results that you want, that's a good mentor. Keep going. If you're not getting the results that you want, don't be like, I got to get a mentor. I would go so far as to say, I got to switch mentors. I'm following somebody. I'm modeling my beliefs and actions off of something. It's just not effective. So I'm going to upgrade that and up-level that. So didn't mean to put words in your mouth. Anything I said there, Alicia, that you're like, bull crap. That's no, completely awesome. different. Okay. Well, I'm going to put words in your mouth. I want to at least be words that you're like, yes, you may put those in. All right. How about you, uh, Mr. Similo? What's shaking? What's your um, encouragement and tactical? Yeah, I would definitely say with, I, I think it would be tactical side. I think when we first talked, I don't know if you recall, but um, I had never heard your name before or listened to your podcast or knew anything about you before we signed up. Remember, program. I'll take your word for that. I don't remember that at all. So it was, and I'm a, I'm a very say it as it is person, which is why I think now we get along so well. But I, you said one thing to me in that first call that I actually haven't stopped thinking about since then. You, you quoted, I think you said it was Abraham Lincoln, the quote of, if I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend six hours sharpening my axe. And that, like, it literally has stuck in my head that I'm just like, at first, when we when we jumped into it, it was just like, we need sales, we need sales, we need sales, we need to grow, we need to grow, we need to grow, like, we need money, we quit our jobs, like, we don't, you know, I mean, we're not taking any money out of the company right now, we're kind of just ghost riding it right now. So, but, so that was my whole mindset of like, we just need to grow, we need to grow. But um, you showed us the importance of actually laying your foundation and you even gave the, you know, the building, um, how long it takes to, to dig the foundation for the building and then how quickly the sky rise shoots up. Um, so that's been huge for me. 
just to look at it like, okay, let's take a moment. If our sales aren't growing at the rate that I want them to right now, that's okay. Because now I see that our foundation, like we were saying about our employees and our product that we're offering, I'm so confident in it now that it's almost inevitable that the sales are going to grow on top of it. And that has given me a huge um, strength and confidence as I'm more the person that does go out and do the proposals and kind of the sales side of it and talk to the clients and things like that. So that definitely gives me a huge confidence in the product that we're offering to know that we have taken um, this time with you and set time aside and kind of, we didn't fully obviously stop focusing. We've still been growing through it all, which has been awesome, but the growth that has come from it has, it's definitely from a, a firm foundation of confidence and knowing that we can grow on it. And we even had a, a massive um, contract that we bid when we basically first started that we were kind of thinking nowadays we're thinking, man, if we would have got that contract back then, it might've actually you know, crushed us because yeah. we, we wouldn't have been ready to, to staff it, to grow it, like to fulfill that big of a contract. Um, and now that same contract has kind of come around and it's actually come and they've wanted more. So we're still, we're still in conversation with them, but it's grown even more into a much larger contract now. And we feel so confident that if we do get it a hundred percent, we can fulfill that and we can crush it. And then that is just, you know, another step stone in our, in our story. Which has so much to do with sales, right? Like that regardless of anything we've taught or how good of a, or bad of a salesperson you are, if you didn't have that confidence, you could really do it. And in the back of your mind, you're afraid like, is this going to be a blessing or a curse? It is a son of a gun to get that job, to bid it right. First of all, to get it, just everything's yeah. wrong, but just walking in now, I don't know. It sounds like it's only been a couple of months. It's not like you guys are complete, you know what I'm saying? But just how you are approaching it and yourselves I would love to do a secret interview, not secret, but just ask the, the, the buyer, like, what was your take? Cause I, it just there's no way that's not bleeding out over to them and they're going holy crap these guys can get it because when you start yeah. a larger contract on the commercial side everyone thinks it's about money they tell you it's about money it is about certainty and security and confidence right. and when you're just oozing we got this yeah whole different kettle of fish because they they can smell the oh we don't know we're not scared we're gonna we're terrified and anyway yeah. just love 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 it we'll have to if you guys get that we'll have to do a little add-on to this podcast all right <laughs> anything you guys want to add before we close it I'm good. I'm getting smiley faces. We're rocking it, guys. GrowMyCleaningCompany.com if you want anything. Um, guys, gals, if you're getting the results that you want, keep going. Live your dream. If you're not getting the results that you want, whether it's us or somebody else, find somebody that is getting the results that you want and ask them for help. And if they need money or time or an ounce of blood or whatever they find, do what you got to do, but find a mentor that's actually going to model what you want. You can have the life that you want. You just got to have the beliefs and actions that match it up. So go get them. Talk to you soon. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me. But like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing, share it with a friend, share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431, 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now, 602-932-6431. Give me a text, say hey, can't wait to meet you.